Welcome to ECB Everything College Basketball, cooking it up with Tyler, Josh, and Peyton. Yeah. It's everything college basketball. We're marching on to the madness. Come to full court press, every crazy dunk in the conference and how that team's back up. We're pulling your poles, taking your bows, letting the Burton brothers know. The players you're watching, the teachers you're not with, and who you see in the final four. With them shout outs and weekly pickums, plus those crazy rants from Tyler, Josh, and Peyton. It's ECB, everything college basketball, training three. Man, this podcast has it all. It's ECB, everything college basketball, training three. Yeah, now the moment you've all been waiting for Your host, from the corner It's Josh and Peyton Burton With Tyler Cool Everything College Basketball Podcast Welcome to another edition of Everything College Basketball, episode number 35.5. I'm, of course, Josh Burton. My name is Peyton Burton. And Tyler Cook will be absent again this week. Um, Just, you know, life kind of, life becomes more important than this sometimes. He'll be back very soon. And we should mention that we are recording at an odd time, Peyton. We are recording at 11.38 p.m., Friday night, the night before the World 100. Uh, normally, we record, bring it to you on Sundays, but we decided to go ahead and pump one out late. Now, let's go a little old school, shall we? Kind of get ready for the season because we like to do some late night shows after, like, you know, late games and stuff anyway. So, we're trying to get in season form. Hell yeah, we going old school, just me and Josh. But hey, we're in Josh's room right now recording. Uh, we normally do these on Sundays, but I don't care if it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. We'll still have a give a give a banger show, so it don't matter. Yeah, for sure. Um, we'd be remiss again. Obviously, we're sponsored by Applied Right Painting and Restoration. Yep. Um, they did change their name. They've incorporated more stuff. It's now Applied Right Painting and Restoration. They've added more stuff to the name, but of course, they can be Applied <laughs> Right Painting, Painting and Restoration, and Painting and. Uh, Cal services, and they're still going to be our main sponsor. JR Rowe and them do a great job. Um, and you're wondering, I'm sure, why in the hell we call this 35.5? Last week, which would have been episode number 35, we laid down one of our best shows of the summer, previewing the Indiana Hoosiers and the Kansas Jayhawks. Got it done, thought everything was ready to go, posted the show, nothing. Radio silence. Come to find out there was an issue on Anchors In that basically it's the lost episode. Um, so we decided for fun we'd call it episode 35.5 tonight because um, technically it's not 35, can't make it 36. So it's going to be episode 35.5. We will get back though here very soon before the season starts. We will go back and preview Indiana and Kansas. 
Yeah, I'm getting pissed off just thinking about that because last week after we pulled, we did that banger of a show. Like, I'm not kidding. It was definitely our best show that we've done over the summer. A lot of fun to do, and probably we had the best outro, I think, ever. Yeah. Uh, that's something I said that cracked both of these two, popped them both. Uh, mm-hmm. And to find out that when Josh was listening to it, just just dead air. You can't hear anything. And it makes no sense to me because right after that, I plugged the microphone back in, recorded like a 15-second clip, just cutting a poem on Anchor, and you heard it just fine. So I don't know. I emailed them. They emailed me back, and there's really nothing they can do. So I don't know. It just pisses me off. But we'll get back to it some other time, though. Yeah, episode 35.5. We might even call this a, a little bit of the bubbly. 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 <laughs> uh, I mentioned that it is World 100 Eve. Um, for those who are in the loop or don't know, we are huge of grown-up dirt racing fans, more specifically dirt sure. late models. If you don't know, check them out. They're a form of stock car. Um, and the World 100 is the Super Bowl, is the Final Four, the National Championship. Like anything, big event you want, the World Cup, any sporting event that's like their culmination, this is it for dirt late model racing at the biggest track in the world. Everybody, at least, if you don't know racing, you've heard of Tony Stewart, and you've probably by this point heard of Eldora. They do host now um, a dirt race, the truck series on dirt. Legendary track. So we'll be up and at it tomorrow morning, making the three-hour trek to to Ohio, Rossburg, Ohio, to be over there to enjoy that. Um, hopefully, weather seems to be lining up. Hopefully, it's a good fun time. Um, so yeah, we are. I mean, getting ready for the season because there's a lot of times we might always record podcasts, but there's always, especially if they're big Saturday night games or you know tournament games, or whatever that end at twelve one o'clock. We're on Facebook Live. Oh, oh yeah. That's well, I mean, what we did last year a bunch of times. Yeah, we're on Facebook Live chatting with you guys, so we're just trying to get ourselves ready in season form as well. Yeah, no no doubt. Um, talk a little bit about the World 100. It's basically, look at the World 100 as you would for NASCAR fans, the Daytona 500. Just for look sure. at that. For sure. Indy 500. Indy, yes, Indy 500. Um, same thing. Any of the biggest events is what the World 100 is. Yeah. Um, you know, Peyton, too. Another big event that will be taking place while we're over there, we'll try to keep definitely keep up on. Again, we've mentioned we are UFC fans. Oh. Yeah. Um, or mixed martial art fans in general. MMA fans. Um, and UFC, what, 242? Yes. Habib Nur- Nurmagomedov defending his lightweight belt against Dustin the Diamond Poirier. Uh, Dustin Diamond Poirier is from Lafayette, Louisiana, the interim Lightweight champion, LSU guy. Go Tigers, baby. Yeah, so that'll be a fun one. Um, just previewing that one real quick for people who follow along and enjoyed the same type of stuff. Obviously, Habib's 27-0, and undefeated, just absolutely mauls people. He's one-dimensional in a lot of ways. He will just – he'll wrestle you, he'll grapple you, but it's like stick him because once he gets a part of any limb, you ain't getting back. He's like a boa constrictor, an anaconda – he gets any part of you, you're not getting away from him. And he gets on top, and he'll tie you up and just beat the piss out of you. But Dustin comes in as an underdog, but I tell you what, he's a knockout artist with great boxing, but he's got a wrestling background, and he's a, he's coming in. He's going to be the bigger fighter than Habib. Yes. So if he can use his wrestling to negate the majority of the takedown attempts and keep it standing and just outbox him, 
I think he's got a real shot. I think coming in first round, Khabib's gonna have a little gonna be a little bit uh, nervous going in. Is what he it's like a nine month suspension he was on after the whole counter fight. So I think Poirier is more fresh. Um, I think Poirier is gonna get some shots in early in the first round. But I think just Khabib's going to take him down, just hold him, kind of like he did Conor in the first couple of rounds. And when it gets to that third and fourth round, just elbow strikes, everything, Khabib's going to dominate. He'll win via decision. It's going to be a tough fight. I really do not like Khabib's fighting style. I think it's boring. Like you said, it's one-dimensional. He's he's like Virginia on defense. That's why I hate him. Fucking yeah. both. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it's I don't like it, but it's going to be tough. It's not an easy matchup for uh for Poirier at all. I tell you what, though, the thing that's been shown, though, too, the only you if you go back to the Connor fight, Connor did win the only round Habib's ever lost before. He won that one the third round, and then got round, screwed, like and then that's when he got finished in the fourth. But Habib has proven in championship rounds. You look at the Connor fight; he started to slow down, but Connor did too. But Ally Quinta, Ally Quinta had success against him in the championship rounds, the fourth and fifth round. Ally Quinta stuff takedowns was popping off on him. He just didn't have enough. He was throwing too many wild shots. It, Dustin's known for his cardio. If he gets <clears> to the championship <throat> rounds, which is the fourth and fifth rounds, and Dustin's still in this fight, I think that's where he could start teeing off on. And he's got knockout power. Yes. I mean, he can knock him cold. And that's the thing. Can Khabib take a punch? Because you see when he, when he faced him against who? Was it Michael Johnson? Um, he, that's the only time he's been rocked. He's been rocked. That straight left caught him. The straight left caught him. Connor couldn't really get enough power on his shots. Khabib was just taking him down. Uh, but Poirier definitely has knockout power. I really hope Poirier pulls up the upset. I just don't think it's going to happen. If I was Poirier, I would pull out some crazy shit to be honest that's why i think if anthony pettis ever fought khabib i don't it, tony ferguson would is going to be a nightmare too like his little crazy shit because like, those elbows from anywhere like that random like where they'll do the handstand kick handstand kick yeah. yeah or jump off the cage roundhouse kick somebody just throw some crazy shit like look what um uh mosby dog did to ben Askren. yeah just ran out there and flying knee boom knocked out just like that uh it's gonna be an interesting fight I I got Khabib winning though via decision. Yeah, I think Khabib wins, but that's that's a fun one. Um, you know, this past week you would have heard on episode thirty-five, the lost episode, <laughs> we talked a little bit about it. AEW had their big show. There was some other big wrestling shows. Peyton, besides the J Three X show, where should you go for all your wrestling? Needs? You go to Conor Cushman because he is the host of the Everything Pro Wrestling podcast. Everything Pro Wrestling is a show by the fans. For the fans, and you can find that podcast on Anchor, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all other podcast hosting sites. So go to YouTube.com and the search bar, type in everything pro wrestling, and hit that subscribe button. Peyton. What's up? Before we go into our main courses today, we put a a poll out this week. We let the users, the listeners, the fans of ECB decide the two schools and by golly, we've got a mega episode because who did they pick? Louisville and Louisville Cardinals. And Kentucky Wildcats. <laughs> um, but before, we would Louisville and Kentucky, or Kentucky was our clear winner. Louisville and Virginia was tied at four votes. I said, fuck Virginia, because they've been beating us ever since we came to ACC. <laughs> they cannot beat us in the damn poll. <laughs> fuck that. We get Louisville, Kentucky, baby. <laughs> I mean, this is a, we will get Virginia very, probably oh, even next week. Next week, um, We'll reveal that at the end of the show. But Kentucky and Louisville, like, 
I mean, this is perfect because me and you, these are our teams. Um, you can call us the home episode, but we are. You guys know how we are. We are going to be very hard on our squads, but we're also going to be very realistic and let our fans show a little bit. We're just here same way that we did for Kansas, Indiana, that you didn't get here. Same way we did for North Carolina, Villanova, Purdue. Purdue. Like, we're going to here give you the facts. Yes. Like, we'll be very honest about these. And we had to do it at some point. Let's just team up together. Louisville and Kentucky is coming right to your ear holes. Episode 35.5. We'll come back with a Louisville Cardinals preview. My God, this is going to be fun. Let's go. Do you like t-shirts? Do you like being in control of customizing your own t-shirts? Well, have no fear. Mr. T's is here. I am Tyler Cook, owner and operator of Mr. T's Customizable T-Shirts. I can do anything that you need as far as, you know, wedding parties, birthdays, anything that you want and need, come to me and I can see if I'll help you out. You can reach me on Facebook. Just search Tyler Cook in there. Uh, You can find me. You can get my email. I'll send out an email. I'm going to create a page that I'll later add in here. But uh, anything that you need as far as customizable T-shirts, I can hook you up. I can get you done right at a reasonable price. But other than that, go back to hearing our wonderful voices on ECB Podcast. Welcome back. It's episode 35.5 keeps moving on. We are here to talk about the first team for our preview for today. And that team is near and dear to my heart. That team is the Louisville Cardinals. A lot coming back. Let's go ahead and start with the roster real quick. Incoming guys coming back. Oh, hold on, huh? Before you do that, let's what? lay some groundwork for Louisville. Obviously, last year under Chris Mack, he came in with, I mean, one of the roughest jobs in America with everything Rick Tino left behind, the scandals and all that. Everybody knows how good Chris Mack was coming from Xavier, but the question is, could he do it on a big stage? And he was able to get Louisville, what, they ended up coming in as a seven seed. They did lose the first round game to Minnesota, but they made the tournament, made, made some it. strides. I mean... <laughs> Their season kind of fell apart after that collapse against Duke, because um, they were project. They were on a roll. They were projected. They were right there in the hunt for the ACC. Oh yeah, they're going to bring them back. What up twenty some points against Duke? Collapse. Yeah, but Ugh. still, all in all, for your first year with all the circumstances, and more importantly, recruiting. I know we're getting to get into it, but recruiting with all the scandals, there was. Re- like everybody feared, like we're not gonna be able to have anybody come in, and he has just completely changed that around. He's changed Louisville's <laughs> identity as far as defensive mindset goes, um, the way they run their offense, like the confident. Like he's really in one year, kind of cleaned this program up for the most part. There's still a lot of work to be done, but it's you can't overstate <laughs> what he did in year one. Oh, even though it ended in kind of disappointment. Um. Yeah. Well, it was the season last year was very much up and downs. Uh, obviously, the ups were beating Michigan State at home in the Yum Center, destroying North Carolina at Chapel Hill. That was a couple of big ups for us. And obviously, the downhill one was losing to Kentucky, but the most one was the Duke um, Duke comeback the loss collapse. against us. Yeah, which I destroyed us. 
That's all you can say was a collapse. Destroyed our season, brought our heads down. We weren't motivated, anything like that. We were just terrible throughout the rest of the season. But he came out and changed everything. He brought in Christian Cunningham. He brought in Stephen Enoch. Uh, he, who else? He bought in uh, Quan Four, bought in Akoya Gayu. He bought him some grad. The, the transfers. grad transfers really helped. Yes, grad transfers definitely helped. And what he did in year one is incredible. And in year two, he's like changed our damn court. That we have the best court in America. I'm call me a homer, all you want. I fully believe. Well, I we got said that. that too. I mean, it's beautiful. It, I love. I'm a, a fan of old school <laughs> stuff, anyways. And they went back with the old school cardinal dunking, and it just it's beautiful. And it's something that Petino, I'm gonna Petino, Petino never did. Like we kept the same jerseys. Chris Matt came in. We had wide ice jerseys. We had the Muhammad Ali special jerseys. He came in and changed everything, and I'm a huge fan of Chris Mack. I know he did at Xavier, got him to a one seed. And I just didn't know how he was going to do at Louisville, and he did an exceptional job with the hands he was dealt in year one. Uh, year two, though, is going to be big time because we got a lot coming in and a lot returning. Let's start with the the returning. Yep. Um, obviously, well, okay, before that, you lose. You mentioned Christian Cunningham. That's 10 points you lose. Um, we'll save the one player. You lose Quan Four, you mentioned, which points production wise, he didn't do a lot, but experience but defensively. Defense, yes, defense. He was a monster, yes, defensively. Akoya Gayu, another defensive player. Then you lose a couple players that didn't really play. You lose VJ King, the kid who came in with a ton of talent and a ton of hype. What was he? He wasn't a five star quite, but I think he was like he was right a there. Four star, I believe. But he was he came in with a ton of hype. And he just <clears throat> never produced. I mean, he might be a good kid. He, he probably is. But he just underproduced and underwhelmed at his time at Louisville. He just didn't come to play. I dogged him the whole damn season. Uh, his freshman year when he came in with Donovan Mitchell and guys like that, he, he played pretty well. Uh, just sophomore year and junior year, he just did not perform. It was very frustrating to watch him play. I mean, what he averaged, 3.9 points per game. Are you kidding me? You came in as a four-star to Louisville. You're expecting more from that. I didn't. Oh, he frustrated me a lot. And I'm he transferred. I don't remember where he went to, but he definitely transferred uh, for his final season. But I hope he does great things. I really do. Um, but he just frustrated the hell out of me. And talking about the returnees coming in, obviously we bring back our leading scorer, the ACC Most Improved Player of the Year. We can bring back Jordan Noor, who averaged 17 points per game, 7.3 rebounds per game. He is going to be a big piece for next year. Um, he's going to lead us to scoring once again. He's going to be very, very good, and we're really going to need him for next year. I'm so happy he came back and returned from the draft. Next up, yeah, Jordan Nora, though, like that is you bring 17 points back, almost eight rebounds from a guard's position. And what he was able to do, he was like their go to guy when you needed a bucket. He was the guy, like we've talked about, like a Miles Powell for Seton Hall. He was a guy like that that would absolutely, you needed a bucket and he was on, give it to Jordan and clear out the way. Oh, yeah, and I think he's going to improve next year, too. He's going to improve his shot more. He's going to improve attacking to the win more. I think he's going to be a good player, obviously, next year. Top five all year round for players. Uh, next up, we bring back another player who's big time last year, Steven Enoch. He brings back 9.4 points per game and 5.2 rebounds per game. He's going to be a big center that we need down low. He's going to block shots, but most importantly, he's going to be a post scorer, and that's exactly what Louisville needs. And he flirted with the draft. like He flirted with, <clears throat> uh, just like Jordan did, he flirted with uh, the idea of leaving, 
Um, him coming back, clogging the middle up the production. Now you've got a wing scorer that can absolutely go get you points with experience coming back, and you bring back an experienced big who clogged the middle who can you dump down low to. That's two huge pieces before you even step on the floor right there. Oh, for sure. We also bring back sharpshooter Ryan McMahon, who averaged 7.2 points per game and shot 35% from three. You mentioned this when we talked to Wayne on one of our episodes that – Ryan McMahon needs to come out next year and actually do something more than just shoot the ball. He needs to be more effective on offense. Defense, he's not the best, but he's going to have to play some defense. I don't know how many, how much minutes he'll get next year. I just don't know, but I really hope he comes back and shoots about 40% from three and really produces good minutes next year. Well, we Ryan, Ryan McMahon, I've mentioned it to you before. With all the talent that's back and coming in, this isn't like years past where they've kind of really needed to play. If he doesn't come in, he's got one goal. He needs to be able to knock shots down, especially threes. If he can't do that, I don't see him getting much time on the floor because it's not like he's an exceptional defender. It's not like he handles the ball well. You've already got plenty of people who can run the point, run the show. He's in for one reason alone, and that's to shoot the basketball and give you points from that area. If he's inconsistent from three, I just don't see him playing much this year. I don't either, especially because the guards that we have, and we'll get to him in a minute, but he's going to have to do something. He's going to have to hit shots consistently, which I know he's capable of doing, obviously. He's going to need to do something more, though, I think, besides shooting the ball to get some quality minutes. Um, another guy coming back, we have Darius Perry, who averaged 5.4 points reb- uh, points per game, 1.4 rebounds per game, 1.5 assists per game. The stuff I'm hearing about Darius Perry has really interested me. I really hope he comes out next year and becomes a dominant force. He is a good defender. He really is. He's tenacious. He'll get after you on the defensive side. He needs to work on his offensive game a little bit more. And I've been watching scrimmages. Him and Steven Enoch's been destroying teams with a pick and roll. Uh, so if they can get that together, man, ooh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, for sure. And it's just another experienced <laughs> guy. And you've got two more. I mean, he, should, he shot 81% from free throw. Um, which is key anymore in today's oh, basketball. Yeah. Uh, 45% from the field, credible for a guard. Um, 38% from three. Uh, it's not terrible. That's actually pretty good. That's better than what you bring back man. another experienced <laughs> guard that we were getting mentioned, Dwayne Sutton. 10 points, nine or 6.9 rebounds from a guard spot. Another guard you bring back with a ton of experience. This is a guy who last year who really improved his shot throughout the season. He was a big piece while we went to Chapel Hill and knocked off North Carolina and beat him by 23. He really improved last season. I was very proud of him. If we can get that again this year and maybe improve it, because he's a good defender, he's a good offensive player, he just needs to amp it up a little bit. I think he can be a dominant force, especially in the ACC. Yeah, and speaking of <clears> dominant <throat> force, you round out and bring back another big. We mentioned Stephen Enoch. This is another guy with a lot of talent, another big. Different type of big, not the wide body, but a seven-footer that can stretch out, shoot threes, and rebound and defend for you at Malik Williams. And he can block shots. He had 7.7 re- points per game, and he had eight point or 6.1 rebounds per game. He needs to improve his shot a little bit more. <clears throat> Last year, he would get wide open threes from the pick and pop. He just wouldn't connect. He wouldn't hit them as much as he should. I really hope he's improved his shot next year because we're going to need that. And especially we have Enoch, who's going to be low post. He can be high post and work that high low if they play together. 
I could be interesting. Being at seven foot <clears throat> two and athletic, he runs the floor very well because oh, he's yeah. an athletic guy at seven foot. But I think too, he does block shots. But I think he needs to improve on his rebounds. Six point one at being that big, I'd like to see him get about eight and a half, nine, ten boards a game. Yeah, that'd be good. But now you start to bring in the this highly touted freshman class. By the way, Louisville finished what fifth, top five in the. In the twenty four seven recruiting rankings, uh, it says on here that we finished. We was ranked ninth. Ninth. Okay. Well, it's top still, ten. Still a good class, with yes. all things considered. We just mentioned a couple bigs. You bring in another big that's pro bound, probably after one year. Aiden Agagion. Peyton Agan is an yeah. Irishman. He's an Irish hawk. He's yeah. a beast. He's a monster. He's six foot ten. He's number fifty two. He's a four star, uh, according to twenty four seven sports. Uh, only thing we need from him, we don't really need him. He can. Get, we need him to score some points, maybe three points, four points per game. We just need him to clean up the rebounds and block shots. That's the only thing we need from him for his freshman year, and I think he can do that. And we mentioned, if you remember when Wayne was on a few episodes back, we talked about, you know, obviously Louisville and talked about Aiden. <laughs> and you remember we talked about his physical, like, body stature. He does not look like a freshman. He looks like a cut-up. Larry Johnson from back in the day, the <laughs> yeah. grandma ma. Like this dude is a monster. Uh, yeah. Uh, another thing, he needs to get some dunks. He needs to be that highlight dunker, like Gorgie Jane was, to get the crowd or Montrezl Harold to get the crowd hyped up, get the young center rocking. If he can do all those things, he can be a great player next year. Uh, next player coming up, we have combo guard David Johnson, who's number 78th ranked, and he's a four star and he's six foot five combo guard. Uh, he is injured currently. He injured, what did I say, his shoulder or something mm-hmm. like that. Yep. Uh, so he'll be out for a while. He probably won't be back till January, December. Um, but we need a primary ball handler. Uh, so I really hope David Johnson can be that type of player. He's from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, so we need a primary ball handler like him who can really take the pressure off a guy I'll mention here later on. Um, what are you going to say? Oh, no, no. David oh, Johnson, sorry. obviously, I mean, getting <clears throat> a kid that's right there in Louisville helps. Um, all po- so hopefully he comes back, you know, maybe around January, gets at least half the year in. Yes. Um, you know, get ready for March. Uh, you move down, Josh Nickelberry, a four-star shooting guard. Uh, Nickelberry's game, can he light it up? or is he a- Shopshooter, baby. Yeah. Shopshooter. So and that's another thing that's going to put pressure on Ryan McMahon because this kid's going to play a lot because he's more athletic. He's uh, bigger. A little bit better defender, a little bit bigger. So, But if you get them both working together, now you get two shooters. And the other one, I mean, you got a couple other, you know, three-star. Jalen Withers, four-star, power forward, six-eight, kind of really help your front court out. Yes. But the big one in this <laughs> class, five-star, number 18 overall, Six foot six, the best pro prospect of the Louisville Cardinals, yes, more than likely. Yes. Probably a lottery pick, uh, you would think, yeah. <clears throat> or right outside lottery pick right now. Yes, around there. I'm talking about Samuel Williamson. Peyton, what kind of player does Samuel Williamson, what's he going to bring to the Louisville team this year? He's going to bring, besides Jordan Noor, he's going to bring another scoring option for the Louisville Cardinals because he, like Josh Nickelberry and like Jordan Noor, he can light it up from three as well. But he can also attack the rim and finish with the best of them. He just needs to improve his defensive game, and he can be a top player in the ACC in the country. And he can I definitely see him as a one-and-done. Um, but, man, I don't know. He might start next year, but I think he will start next year um, or this upcoming year. But he's going to be a good player. He really is. And that's a big piece. You talk about number 18 overall, a five-star. 
in his <clears throat> first basic class, really, for Chris Mack, that helps set the culture, too, for yeah. uh, stuff to come. Uh, Samuel Williamson, though, is a big-time player. He's going to He's going to add another dynamic to Louisville. And then you round it out. They're bringing another grad transfer, Lamar Kimball. 15.6 points per game at his previous stop. Yeah, St. Joseph's. Yep, St. Joe's. An experienced guy inside the Atlantic 10. So it's not like he's playing at a lower level or bums. Another scoring. So if you look at that roster, everybody we just mentioned returning, coming in. Louisville's got experience. Louisville's got scoring depth which a lot of teams don't have. They've got maybe one, two options. Louisville's going to have four to five options, both outside perimeter and throwing it into the paint. Um, Louisville's deep. Louisville's deep and talented, man. That's what I said uh, when I was talking to Wayne. I think we have potential to be, to be the deepest team in the country, a top five team all year round. And I think we're the favorites on the ACC. But, it, man, that roster is great. We can score. Hit them shots, which is very key. We can defend. We have size. We have athletic ability. We have everything you want. And it's important, too, that you mentioned defend because with that depth, um, obviously Chris Mack plays his own version of the pack line defense. Not quite as conservative conservative as Tony Bennett and they'll play at Virginia. But it's his own version, and it's, it's hard to score on. You bring in talent. You can just load in, sub in, sub out. Now you're in talking... Kentucky, Dukes of the world, North Carolinas, when they're good, Kansas, they interchange and you bring in talent after talent after talent. And and now what it does is make guys have to play because Jordan Warren, he's an unquestioned leader coming back. Or, well, you would think as far as returning scorers coming back, you know, the most hype. But now if he say like he doesn't feel he needs to play defense tonight, you can set him. Yeah. I mean, you've got a lot of talent behind him. And a guy like uh, Dwayne Sutton, who played great last year, and he probably will start for this year. If he goes out there and lays an egg and doesn't have a good season, we can bring in Samuel Williamson to put him as a starting line. I think a guy like Samuel <clears throat> Williamson, um, he's a, he's going to start. You don't bring in that type of talent. Because looking at Louisville's roster, Jordan Norris probably starting. Stephen Enoch's probably starting. Sammy Williams has got to start at the three. I say if I had to pick a starting lineup, Warren, Lamar Kimball, definitely. We need a scoring. We need an experienced guard who can score and stuff like that. He's starting at the one. At the two, uh, probably, probably, I don't know, he's 6'6". Six, six. I'd say Williamson. Go a little bit bigger. Why not? Small forward, definitely Jordan Noor has to be. Power forward, maybe Dwayne Sutton and Santa Stephen Enoch. Ooh, Sutton at the four? Why not? Ooh, that's very – What? Uh, so you think Agagion comes off the bench? I think Agagion and Malik Williams come off the bench. That's some big lineup coming off the bench. So there you have it with Louisville's roster. Now let's get into their schedule. Obviously, you know, they play in the ba- the beast that is the ACC. You mentioned it too, that um, you think they're the favorite. Yeah. We'll get into that in a second. Um, they're, they open up with an exhibition game, Bellarmine. We, I've told you about Bellarmine. Right, Bellarmine's right there in the city of Louisville, D2 school. That's always a powerhouse, always gives them a game to open up. And they are going D1 here soon. They are going D1. Um, Keep in mind, I did say give them five years, and Bellarmine's going to be a handful in the mid-major level. Yes, sir. But they open the regular season up. ACC conference game to start the year off with it. Like, this is college football stuff. You get on the road at the Miami Hurricanes – that's a tough one to open up. Just first game of the year, conference game on the road. 
And it's not like Miami's going to be a terrible joke. Miami's got a couple players that are NBA quality good. Yeah, it's not going to be an easy game going to Miami. Definitely first game of the year. ACC play already. Uh, it's going to be a tough game, but I see us I see us um, pulling away at the end. I see us being like a we win by 12 points. I think we put up like 85 points. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think Louisville wins, but, God, that's a tough one, man. Oh, yeah. Conference right away, I, too. I love it, though. <laughs> I it's like just for that. the ACC network. Yeah, brother. definitely. Um, global sports shootout they have. they back at home for two games. Uh, Youngstown State and Indiana State. Uh, more else. global sports shootouts. They're at home again against North Carolina Central, USC Upstate, and Akron. Yeah. Then the roundup November, they get a neutral site game in Bridgestone Arena where the SEC tournament's held a lot of times in Nashville, Tennessee against Western Kentucky. Western will challenge them. Um, Western, the last couple years, has been pretty good. Yeah. Um, I can't think of their coach's name right now. They used to coach Mississippi State. I can picture him right now. But he's been bringing in a lot of talent at Western Kentucky year in and year out, but they've just underachieved. Western will challenge them. Yeah. Western will give them game, but Louisville is expected to win. Especially being on a neutral site. Yeah, Louisville was expected. That's kind of – I mean, I get it because Western's kind of close to the, to the Nashville area and all that, but it's still kind of just a random spot. Like, Louisville's playing in Nashville, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's definitely weird. I mean, it's not like they're like an SEC country. They're trying to uh, – oh, Rick Stansberry. That's who it is from – from Western Kentucky. West. Then things get interesting. ACC Big Ten Challenge. We've alluded to it before in prior episodes. Louisville gets at home Michigan <clears> – <throat> Michigan is going to be in flux. There are going to be a lot of changes with new coach um, Juwan Howard. Juwan Howard. But <clears throat> Michigan still got some talent. They did lose, yes. They lost Jordan Poole. They lost Iggy's Bresdakis. They lost Matthews. Charles Matthews. But they've still got some talent. But I do favor Louisville at home at this one. Yeah, they got some talent coming back. Uh, they do got talent. But losing out on Jalen Wilson, four-star, who committed to Kansas um, after Beeline got – Went to Cavalier, become the Cavaliers coach. That hurt. Uh, they do got talent, but especially this being a home, I see Louisville winning by 15 points. I just don't think Michigan has what it takes to keep up with Louisville, especially on the offensive side. Yeah, and then the following week, <clears throat> exactly a week later, December 10th, they will be part of the Jimmy V Classic. We've mentioned it. Well, you didn't get to hear it, but we've said it. It Same night, Indiana plays UConn up there. Louisville will be playing Texas Tech. Again, it's not the Texas Tech of last year, but Tech's bringing back some pieces that are very interesting, bringing a couple grad transfers. And their style of defense is going to really push Louisville's patience on offense. That's a, <laughs> I think that's a trap game. I think Louisville, all the circumstances and everything, I think Tech is going to keep it close. I think that's a difficult game just because of how well they play defense. And it's going <laughs> to challenge Louisville's offensive toughness. They have to clean up boards against second, third opportunities to break yeah, that defense no down. Yes. Like get some rotations on threes, kick out threes. Because the best time to shoot a three a lot of times is after an offensive rebound. Because yeah. defense is in scramble mode. So we'll find out a lot about Louisville there. And you think about too, Michigan last year was top three defense. And then you're playing another top three defense from last season. So Louisville's going to get tested, but I do like the cards winning in uh, Madison Square Garden. As do I. I think it'll be a tough game. Texas Tech, obviously backed by uh, Moretti and Mooney, two good players, two offensive players who can score and score the ball. Um, it's going to be tough. It's not going to be easy. We do need to clean up the offensive glass, though. 
a lot if we're going to win this game. I think it's going to be a close game throughout the whole game, but I think we squeak by by like three points. I think that's a game where a guy like Stephen <clears throat> Enoch and Aiden Gagion, like where you need bruisers because Tech's going to muck it up and play physical. Yeah. That's the type of game where they'll shine through. Yes. Um, And I think that's where – I think Louisville's favored in that. Then you come back home four days later and play Eastern Kentucky. You know, I – I don't see any challenges there. I blow out. Four more days later after that, you're at home again against Miami of Ohio, the Red Hawks. Then you get a 10-day break, and it's the the game that we're excited for every year. We got to go to. We're going to try to get to go to it again this year to cover it for you guys. But it's the it's the rivalry where you think it's the first best <laughs> or the second best. It's definitely right there. The, December 28th, Saturday. They go to Lexington, Kentucky to try to get the revenge against the Kentucky Wildcats. Presumably going to be a top five matchup, maybe even number one and two at the time. Yeah. Who knows? Um, Cats versus Cards. There's nothing else you need to say. I am super sad that this game's not at the Young Center. So you guys can play on that beautiful court, uh, playing on a Dr. Duggan sign. Um, Man, this game's going to be interesting. (laughs) Uh, Game of the year, worthy of it. I definitely believe so. Both teams are going to be very good, very deep. Um, my only question for Kentucky, can they shoot the ball? Because they're going to have to because we're going to pack it in and we're going to be more aggressive with our pack line D. I think we might be bigger than Kentucky. It's, yeah, I think front line, definitely. Front, front court, definitely. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they got Nate Sestina and they got Nick Richards. And, um, we'll EJ get to Mc- Kentucky. Oh, we'll yeah, get to, I know, we'll, I know. We'll get to Kentucky. I'm just with- a little brief, little preview yeah. of it. Um, no, it's not going to be easy. Lopalina, we don't have very much success It's just here. a toss-up. Let's be honest. <clears throat> but it's always fun, too, because both these teams are gonna, should be on paper this year. Incredibly good. And we'll get to Kentucky in the next segment. But it's a toss-up. You th- It doesn't matter, right? Like, we've went through the schedule so far. By our accounts, Louisville will be undefeated. Um, we'll get to Kentucky where we think they'll be here in a minute. But it's going to be a battle regardless. It always is. And... The question, I'll put it from Louisville's perspective. Louisville <clears> wins this game, and this is what how we'll do it since we're covering both. Louisville goes into Lexington and wins the game at Kentucky. Three things. Take care of the basketball because Kentucky's going to try to turn them over. You hit shots from the outside. That's important in every game you play. And three, I'll make it four points. Three, you get to the foul line. You need to get Kentucky in foul trouble, especially their front court because not, we're not as deep. And four, win your own offensive rebound battle. If they can just do three <clears> of them, four things right, I think Louisville puts themselves on a chance to win that game. If they do all four, Louisville will beat Kentucky that night in Rupp Arena. Regardless, though, both teams are going to be fantastic, and that's a hell of a game. I think the number one key for both teams uh, to really determine who's going to win this game or who wins the rebounding battle, I really think that's going to be the major key for both teams. Can Louisville win the rebound battle or can Kentucky? I think that's good. Both teams need to limit turnovers because we'll get after it too. Louisville will definitely get after you. We're more aggressive on the pack line. We'll try to go for steals, stuff like that, deflections. Uh, Louisville needs to hit shots. We can't have a cold night against Kentucky, especially in Rupp Arena. We need to limit their fast break opportunities. I don't want no wide open dunks, get Rupp Arena hyped, anything like that. That's the last thing I want. Uh, just rebounding. Take care of the ball and hit shots. I think Louisville will be a okay. 
the individual matchup inside that game that I'll be looking forward to a lot, well, one of them, is how well the Louisville point guard, whether it's Lamar Kimball or whether David Johnson's back or they move whoever, plays against Ashton Hagen's D. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see who they pit on Jordan Nora, though, for Kentucky. Is yeah, I know. Be, and it's going to be um, Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey. Khalil Whitney Johnny is a dog. Um, like, who's it going to be? I don't know. Could they even have switch off- big and go Keon Brooks. But I think a major key that will hurt you guys is if Stephen Enoch has a good game. Right, and that's why I say front court. Front court. Front court, yes. But we um, we <clears> will <throat> talk more about that in the next segment with the Kentucky. That's where we'll go. Um, the ACC schedule, we couldn't find it. Like, they haven't officially, but we just off surface know they got to play Louisville, or uh, got to play North Carolina, got to play Duke. Virginia. All, all, all the big guys. So, on the surface, I'm with you. I think Louisville is the favorite. I think they actually win the ACC for the first time this year, for the first time ever. I think – what's I, – I can't remember. ACC plays 16 or 18 games. I can't remember. I'll look that up real quick. Talk about the ACC real quick. ACC is going to be tough. I think Louisville is the favorites. Right behind Duke is going to be the second, and then UNC. You mean right ahead of Duke, not behind them. Oh, I mean Duke following up. My bad. Following up a second. Oh, okay. Top three, I see Louisville. They play 18 games. 18 games. I see Louisville being number one, Duke number two, North Carolina number three. So here's – I think in conference play, because it's ACC, it's going to be tough, and they're going to slip up at least one time that they don't expect to, like a Pittsburgh or somebody. Um I see Louisville win the ACC. I see them going 14-4 and four with losses. They will lose once in North Carolina. The obligatory, they will lose at Virginia. I think they lose once to Duke. They'll lose once to the heavy hitters. And then somewhere along the lines, they're going to get upset by a Florida State or they'll have an off night against somebody. And I said Pittsburgh. I don't think it'll be <clears> Pittsburgh. They'll have an off night against somebody like a Boston College, somebody you just don't expect, right? North Carolina State's going to be good again this year. Are you Virginia good? Tech. So an upset, so they'll go 14-4, win the ACC regular season, make it to the semifinals ACC tournament. They'll roll in as a two-seed, just barely missing the one. And I think Louisville, high, they're final four good. They are final four good. I think they come just short in the lead eight, but they can make the final four. I will say that. Um, overall record going into NCAA tournament, though, as a two-seed, um, four losses in conference. Oh, man, because I've had them, and they lose Kentucky, five losses overall. I would put them at 29 and 5. Man, that's borderline. That's why I said borderline one, two seed, elite eight, just barely, barely missing the final four, but they can make the final four. We beat Kentucky at La Arena for, I don't know, when's the last time we ever done that? Uh, we do beat Kentucky, and I'm sorry, Reese Beekman, we are beating Virginia. I know you follow the Twitter. We are beating Virginia at least once. I don't care what anyone says. That will happen. We'll get revenge on them. And we'll come in. How many games are there? 34? Yeah, well, yeah, it'd be 34 going into the tournament. 31 and 3, number one overall seed, national championship, getting our fourth title. Fourth. <laughs> yeah. I seen it. I seen the third title happen with my own two eyeballs. <laughs> we are getting the fourth championship for Louisville Cardinals. Real quick, who's the three losses? Three losses uh, Duke, North Carolina, and Virginia. Yeah. That's if we get the two series. Right, right. Um, so there you have it. But regardless, whether they win the title or their Elite Eight, Louisville is going to be really, really good this year. It all depends on how well they play out, gel, all that stuff. But Louisville is going to be extremely good this year. Hell yeah. We talked about it. Coming up in this next segment, we go down the road 75 <laughs> miles, and we talk about the Kentucky Wildcats, another team inside the state of Kentucky expected to make a huge 
huge run. Episode number 35.5 continues after this. What's happening, College Hoops fans? It is Conrad Cushman from the Everything Pro Wrestling Podcast, and I'm here to tell you how you can follow Everything Pro Wrestling. First, go to your Facebook, type in the search bar, Everything Pro Wrestling. Look for our official page with over 1,000 likes and make sure you give it a like. Also, we have a closed group with over 200 members in it where you can join discussions and talk about anything and everything pro wrestling. We also have a Twitter handle, and that is at EPW Show. And we have a podcast, and the podcast is available on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And remember, Everything Pro Wrestling is a show by the fans for the fans. Now let's get back to talking some college hoops. All right, Peyton, stop me if you've heard this one before. The Kentucky Wildcats are favored to win the national championship again. Or one of the favorites, I should say. Say what? Yeah, I know. It's it's unlikely, right? Um, but that's where we find ourselves again. It's as the wheel turns, another year under John Calipari, another Kentucky team, and another team wearing the blue and white that is considered one of the favorites to win the whole damn thing. Um, and we've showed every year with all the talent, it's just so hard to win six games in March. Yes. It is super hard. The best team doesn't always win. We've mentioned that before. But expectations in Lexington, it's basically Final Four bust at least every oh. single year. And the Cats just missed that again last year. The path opened up wide for them. Uh, you played Auburn team. You've already smashed twice, and Auburn was riding the hot hand, even without Chumo Kiki. Knocks you out <laughs> in the lead eight. Most years, that's considered a good year. Um, all the things considered, looking back, it was an okay year, but it was still a failure. We've mentioned this before. I remember the directly after we got eliminated, we had I came on the podcast, and I railed. Um, I railed and I ranted. It was a failure by all things, by all standards. But you come off an elite eight. Again, this is Kentucky in the modern era we're talking about. So you lose Reed Travis, who was in for a year. You lose superstar, all-American candidate, P.J. Washington. You lose stud freshman Tyler Hero. You lose big-time freshman Keldon Johnson. You have redshirt freshman Jamal Baker transfer out and go to Arizona. Arizona. And surprisingly, <laughs> you have coach's son Brad Calipari decide he wants to go get some more playing time. He transfers out and goes to Detroit Mercy. I forgot about that, yeah. Um, and, of course, you lose senior, didn't play much Johnny David. So the Cats lose all in all eight players. But. <laughs> but. But. With Kentucky, turnovers expected, but you're also bringing in a ton. Um, you're bringing in five-star Tyrese Maxey, four-star in-state stud Dante Allen, who's coming off an injury, but prior to his season-ending <laughs> injury, he was lighting up the state of Kentucky 50 point, 50 point game. He had like, what, three of them before he got injured. <clears throat> yeah. He's a big time scorer. And we'll get back to Tyrese Maxey in a minute. I know Peyton's got a lot on him. Five star Khalil Whitney, um, five star Keon Brooks from right here in Indiana, four star Johnny Juzang. I mean, it's like Dave Meltzer just throwing the stars out there. <laughs> uh, but that's the, that's the norm <clears throat> for Kentucky, right? It, that's, uh, yes. It, it, it's. Four stars and five stars. That's about it. Every once in a while, you get a three star. This class was good enough to be number two overall in the nation. Yep. 
Um, let's go back over them real quick. Tyrese Maxey, five-star point guard, considered one of the top point guards in the class right behind Cole Anthony. Yes, he's one of the best scorers in the in the um, draft, or whatever you want to say it. Hey, he's one of the best scorers in the nation for freshmen coming in, definitely. Yeah. And you hear coaches rave on him. The coaches that coach him <clears throat> in Team USA and the – the amateurs, you know, playing for the nation or the high school coaches or AAU coaches, and they all tell you he's a dog. He's, mean yep. that in a good way, meaning he does anything you want to win. He, him, and another player we'll get to in just a second, five star Clue Whitney, has been openly talking about winning title number nine. Like they're coming in with this mindset. It's business. That's what you need to have when you play at University of Kentucky. You need to be a dog. You need to be have a good mindset coming in. You need to be motivated because if you're not, Coach Cal won't play you. That's half the thing. People can <clears throat> say what they want about Cal, but he does bring in talent every year, and nobody does it better than him as far as meshing this talent and making them work for it. He not doesn't give them anything. Yeah. Like, these guys know they have to come in. If you don't defend, you're not playing. If you're not playing as a team, you're not playing. <clears throat> if you think you're coming in and taking 25 shots a game, you're not playing. it. No. Uh, but Tyrese Maxey is a big time. He's a lottery pick. Um, you think of other point guards we've mentioned, Cole Anthony, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Maxey's right in that conversation. Most definitely. Um, his guy's got good speed on him. Yes. Tremendous vision at the point guard spot. Peyton mentioned he can knock down a jump shot. You yep. can't leave him. He's he's kind of the, <clears throat> the the modern era point guard who can do it all. Oh, yeah. He's got good size to him. 6'3". Uh-huh. So, you bring in – we mentioned Dante Allen, kid right there out of Kentucky, Pendleton County High School, four-star, 6'6", six, 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 small forward. He's a pure scorer. Oh, he's a sharpshooter. That's the best thing he can do. Yeah, he may not. And the thing <clears> is, he may not get a lot of playing time this year. But he's going to be a guy that would be there for like three or four years. He'll be the next year. That will turn into a big-time player. Yes. Most Especially definitely. coming off injury, the injury he had. Um, it, it's going to be interesting. But Dante Allen, he, he's a guy for the future. Yeah. Another small forward, Khalil Whitney, five-star kid, played at Roseau Catholic, but a kid out of Chicago. Anytime a kid comes out of Chicago, instant toughness. Same yes. way out of New York City because <laughs> of the grind, the way the style of play is, the lifestyle. Khalil Whitney is another one you consider a dog. Like, <clears throat> di- you know, good shooter, can definitely improve, but an athletic kid, he's going to be that type that will get after you. I think he's going to turn into the best defender of the group. He reminds me another kid that played at Kentucky that was a tremendous defender. Came out of Chicago as well, DeAndre Liggins. Oh, Long man. and lanky, 6'6", six, six, um, good wingspan, <clears throat> got that grit and determination, an athletic kid. I think he could be the DeAndre Liggins once he learns to buy into just being that defensive stopper, and that's what's going to make his money in the NBA. And when these, like, these guys come from Chicago and places like that, these guys are hustlers. They know how to hustle. They're dogs. They're big-time players. He can score a little bit. He can score definitely. But I think uh, you're right. I think he's going to be the best defender, especially on the other two wings coming in that we'll get to. But he's a good player, though, and Kentucky's going to need him to defend. And he's going to be like the athletic type guy that you'll see get the crazy putback dunks. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> or bang on somebody and look at them. You know? And this team, this team's coming in too. These freshmen got – we keep mentioning that word dog, but they're the type that they want to rip your throat out. Yes. They want to rip your throat out and step on it. Uh-huh. Um, which is always nice. Peyton, another five-star kid from right here in the state of Indiana. Uh-huh. Keon Brooks, he was going to commit to Indiana. But broke the hearts of the Hoosiers. He broke the hearts of the Hoosiers. Too bad, so sad. He went to the team up 
uh, South? Yeah, down South. I was going to say, I almost said up North. That'd be Canada yeah. <laughs> or Michigan. Um, he went down South and went to Kentucky. Uh, good move, in my opinion. He's a good player. He's athletic. He's tall. What is he, like 6'8"? Six, 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 well, 6'7", six, <clears throat> but I think he really is 6'8". Six, 6'8", six, six, He's lengthy. He's long. He can defend. He gets to the rim. He gets to the rim really well. Um, needs to put a little muscle on, buy into the defensive end a little bit more. But he's he's a decent. I mean, he's a pretty good shot blocker from the wing. Yes. Uh, his jumpers, his jumpers there. It's not it's not wet, <clears throat> but he can definitely hit them if open. He's been working on the summer. We you talked about with Louisville watching summer workouts. Been doing the same with Kentucky. Um, Keon Brooks is a guy that he's going to be an he's NBA body, body. NBA talent. Yes. Can get to the rim at will. If he starts hitting jump shots consistently, it's over with because you can't guard him. Yeah, I watched him play in the Geico Nationals when he played for La Lumiere. He played with um, uh, Isaiah, Isaiah Stewart, Stewart. Yeah, and I watched him playing against OQ. I was against Cole Anthony, and he played well. Uh, he was attacking the rim. He was finishing of guys like Kofi Cockburn. We know how big of a monster Kofi Cockburn is. He's finishing of guys like that. He's a good finisher. Needs to improve on the jump shot a little bit more, and he's going to be tough, man. Another dog. And you talk about rounding out the class as far as uh, incoming freshmen. Johnny Juzang, another sophomore uh, – sorry, small forward from uh, Studio City, California, a kid that kind of came on the radar late that really – he reclassified, if I remember right. And then as soon as reclassification hit, within days – within a day, I think, even, he committed to Kentucky. Remember, because he took his visit, then reclassified, and then committed to Kentucky all within a matter of a week. Yes. Right around there. And he's a sharpshooter, <laughs> six seven. It took him a little bit to get on campus, so he had to finish out um, some academic stuff, some classes. Yeah. So, because like the rest of the class got in like in May or early June, and he got there maybe a couple weeks later. But all reports that I've heard from all the Kentucky sites that's been in on workouts, open gyms, Johnny Juzang's one of the best players on the floor. They said he lights it up. Said he is undeniable shooting the basketball. Um, you bring that type of talent in, you, every team needs a shooter. We mentioned it about Louisville, right? We mentioned it about um, Ryan McMahon. We mentioned it about incoming freshmen. Um, Samuel Williamson, Josh Nickelberry. Josh Nickelberry, thank you. You can't have enough shooters. Oh, no. Bill Nova has proven that over the years, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> or you look at Golden State and the NBA or whoever. Johnny Juzang at that length and athleticism, if he can stroke – Oh, my God. And like I said, everything I've heard in the summer, he's been one of the best players on the floor. Now, with all these wing players of Khalil Whitney, Keon Brooks, and Johnny Juzang, I think Khalil Whitney's the better defender of all of them. I think Keon Brooks is the most athletic and probably all around better than both of them. But I think Johnny Juzang is definitely the better scorer. He can light it up. I see Kevin Knox in him, really. Yeah, that's a good one. I think both long, both lengthy, both can hit some threes, and both can attack the rim pretty well. Yeah, and uh, the only difference I think <clears throat> Knox is just was a bit stronger. Stronger, yeah. Uh, you know, body type like. But Juzang, from everything we've heard, can just fill it up. And Kentucky is going to need that. They're going to need some shooters next year because that's one of my big takeaways from Kentucky. Can they shoot? And you mentioned just like incoming, like wing players. Obviously, there's no front court. There's bringing four soft or small forwards by position list because they all can go anywhere. And then Tyrese Max at point to bring in what we already have. Man. I think this roster, we'll get into the rest of them, but this roster is set it perfect to, for Cal to go back to a dribble drive, <clears throat> an explosive style defense where we're shooting gaps more and looking to run and put 90 up on you. 
Yeah, I can definitely see it. Lots of potential, too, for a great defensive team with all that length. Yeah. Once they buy in, round, <clears throat> round conference play in January, you know, mid-January when they start to buy in like normal and get the system down, Kentucky could be the best defensive team in America. Yeah, most definitely. It could be scary on the defensive side. You also bring in um, the Reed Travis role, what we'll call it. Yes. Grad transfer from Bucknell, Nate Sestina. Sestina average 15 and 8 at Bucknell. Another big guy. He can shoot the three, though. Reed Travis developed the three. Nate Sestina is already coming in to be able to shoot a 6'9", 245. He's a hoss. Yes. Like, he's a physical hoss. He's going to help round <clears throat> out that front court. Guys coming back, we mentioned Ashton Hagens. We already know. Ashton Hagen's going to come in as one of the best defenders in college basketball. Best on-ball defender. He's got, his, he's got to improve his decision-making. He had times where he was just lackadaisical at the point guard spot last year. Uh, improve his jump shot. But when he's on, well, you've seen what he did against Kobe White last year. Oh you've seen what, how he locked down people. Somebody, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he would go for – there would be games like that in North Carolina. He had eight steals, yeah. right? So he brings that back. If he works on his offensive game, if he works on his offensive game, Nashton Hagens could be All-American type good. Oh, my God. If he develops an offensive game, that's all she wrote. It's going to be so bad. Because not only you're not going to be able to get around him on the defensive side, you're not going to be able to guard him either because he's that damn quick too. Yeah, he, he's deceptively fast. But – Real quick, he needs to stay out of foul trouble, though. Yes, yes, yes. He's got to stay out of foul trouble. That's the only takeaway I see from him. He's got to stay out of foul trouble. you got to make smart decisions. I get it. You're quick with the ball. Uh, Not quick with the ball. You're quick on defense. You can shoot those gaps quicker than normal people could, and you can get those steals. But sometimes you got to be smarter about that because if not, you can pick up a couple fouls. If you pick up two early fouls in the game, Coach Cat will set you, and that's not going to be good. Yeah, um, Hagen, this is a big – but he, he could definitely be a leader. He's emotional too, but not in the sense where he's going to do something stupid. He makes big plays. He likes to celebrate with his teammates and, like, do the like, – you know, scream, like, get emotional, invested into it, which is nice. I love – and he loves that challenge of put me on your, the best scorer. Let yeah. me defend them. Yep. And he loves that, and that's – And I love that's, it. That's huge. Um, you bring back junior Nick Richards to help in the front court. One of my concerns about the Cats this year – Front court depth, yes. Um, talent's going to be there, but front court depth, not not very deep. Um, especially when we talk to the likes <laughs> of like a Kansas or somebody like that, that's going to be real deep in the front court. But you bring back junior Nick Richards, um, a guy who's got experience coming back. Obviously, a big time shot blocker and rebounder. Deceptively, probably the best in his first two years, the best free throw shooter on the team. Normally, bigs don't shoot free throws well. He shoots like eighty percent, which is crazy. He shoots an game. incredible percentage from free throws. So that means if you foul him, he's going to more times than not knock down a free throw. Yeah, um, like I said, shot blocker, rebounder, got it. He's got an offensive game. He showed last year's spurts up. He's got a nice turnaround hook. He's got a nice about ten to twelve footer, maybe fifteen range. He's got to play with more confidence. He lacks confidence. Yeah. There's times Cal just doesn't play him for whatever reason. He gets a foul trouble or whatever, and you can kind of see him not having fun. Like slip down. Yes. If Nick Richards will play with confidence to go get them rebounds, go grab them balls, go block shots, you get in the post, demand the ball, turn over your shoulder with a hook, go go dunk on somebody's head. Nick Richards is really good. Yes. He's an NBA plot or like player. With, he's mm-hmm. a Willie Cauley Stein. Oh, yeah. That's good. With a Great. better jump shot. Yeah. But he's got to play with the confidence. Yes. 
he's got to believe in himself. If Nick <clears> Richards <throat> plays and believes in himself, the Cats are a different team. Especially with all these guys we've talked about defensively shooting gaps. You have a shot blocker back there like the Kentucky teams the, that were really good under Cal, like when you had Anthony Davis. The reason we're so good defensively in part is because Marcus Teague, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, whoever could shoot gaps and play out high and take chances because you had an eraser back. Same way with Willie Cauley-Stein, same way with Carl Anthony Towns and all these teams, right? Nerlens Noel, even though we didn't make tournament year because he got hurt. If Nick Richards plays with confidence and can stay in the game, now all of a sudden you're talking about Ashton Hagens is going to be able to pressure you 50 feet and take a chance to shoot a gap. Keon Brooks is going to be able to shoot a gap. Khalil Whitney's going to be able to shoot a gap. Because if you get by, you've got Nick Richards to protect the rim. Come on now. Look at, look at Duke last year. Trey Jones is another great on-ball defender, in my opinion. And uh, he got out there and was being aggressive. He was picking you up from full court. And he knew he can because if he shoots a gap and misses or his player gets around him, if he goes to the rim, you got a guy named Zion Williamson who can jump to the moon and sit in that shit. So, Even Javon Deloria. Javon Deloria, yeah. You got players back there who can send it if you miss your mark. So that's definitely key. Yeah, I tell you another key. You bring back the guard spot. <clears throat> you talked about Louisville possibly by the end of the year being the most deepest team all around. Yes, and we've talked about Kansas probably having the deepest front court. Yes, in my opinion, the deepest back court in America is going to go to the Kentucky Wildcats because you bring back sophomore Emmanuel quickly. He's another point guard type guy, but can slide to the two guard when comf- you know if need be because he's a tremendous three point shooter. He had games last year, Auburn at home. I remember he had. Excuse me. He hit, I think, like four, five, six threes. You can't leave him. Incredible shooter. Plays with a tremendous amount of confidence towards the back half of the year. He's going to have to fight. I mean, you've got Khalil Whitney. You've got Ashton Hagen in front of you. He's got to, I think, come off the bench again, spark the second unit. But another experienced guy. Good head on his shoulders. Um, calm, cool demeanor. Def- underrated defender. Not afraid of the big lights. It can shoot the basketball and handle it. Basically a combo guard. Manuel Quickly is going to play an underrated role this year. Yeah, especially with guys like Ashton Hagens, who's a primarily a defender. If he comes out, you're going to need a scorer who comes back in and quickly can be that guy. Um, so, yeah, he's, he could be that guy. I don't know if he will be, though. But uh, he's definitely, he can score. He can hit some shots. He's underrated on the defensive side. I just I don't know about him, to be honest. I just don't. You round out returners, one of the guys that had the biggest upside that really flirted with the NBA that I definitely thought wasn't ready and made the best decision coming back. You're talking about EJ Montgomery, 6'10 sophomore. EJ had moments last year where he was really good, lots of talent, big big lefty, good jump shot on him, athletic, <laughs> runs the floor well, rebounds well, as a good defender, you know, as an experienced sophomore, puts on hopefully a lot of muscle this year, can bully around, doesn't get pushed around himself in the paint. EJ could potentially, with his size and talent and everything coming back, could at times be the best player on the floor for Kentucky. And that's the, the key, most intangible. That's the key word. Could. Could he? I don't know. I just I don't know about him either. Because last year he did have big moments, but also seemed like a couple of games he just wouldn't show up. He just wouldn't be there in his head his he didn't have the right headspace. He just wasn't performing well. Uh, so I don't know. He could be that player. I don't know if he will be, though. But Kentucky's going to need somebody. They're going to need somebody. With all their backcourt and, and wing players, they're deep in that area. 
they're going the front court they're not deep in they're going to need somebody like ej montgomery uh, who can they who, who they can dump down and get some buckets like you don't have a call anthony towns you don't have a demarcus cousins and you don't have a pj washington who's going to step up and be that guy and i think you're you're absolutely right about that because think you know you mentioned pj he just posts up and he, they're for, the most dominant move in the game for a long time last year was his yeah. hook shot if he got on the block it was guaranteed going in yeah um but if you remember, EJ showed spurts of that. You throw it in, he's lefty. He goes over the right shoulder with that left-handed hook, and he was kind of automatic himself. If he gets more confident inside the post, physically strong, like I said, put some muscle on, learn to back you down, or you know, at least seal you off good, he could be that type. Could. We'll see. But Kentucky's roster, obviously a lot of talent, so let's move to their schedule. Um, couple, you know, ex- A couple exhibition games. Uh, Georgetown College right there in Kentucky at Kentucky State. Yeah, good warm-ups. But the real season starts with a banger. It's going to be a top-five matchup inside Madison Square Garden. We've alluded to it in the Michigan State preview. We've talked about it before. The State Farm Champions Classic, the Kentucky Wildcats, Michigan State Spartans. Cool me down with a cold rag, son. (laughs) That is going to be a banger. You talking about Kentucky having the best backcourt. I think Michigan State might have something to say about that, too. Kentucky's going to be deeper. Deeper, yes. More skilled all Ooh. around. More skilled? Uh, probably more skilled. I, just I mean, they s- bring back Josh Langford, Rocket Watts, and bring him in, and they bring back presumably pre- uh, preseason favorite for player of the year and Cassius, Cassius Winston. But Kentucky, Ashton Hagen's back. You bring Tyrese Maxey. You bring in um, – you bring back Emmanuel Quickly. You bring in Khalil Whitney. I think that's better talent deeper. Either or, I don't really care who's number one or number two. It's going to be a hell of a game between Michigan State and Kentucky. It's not going to be easy for either squad. It's going to be crazy. Um, I see those that game being in like the 75s, high 70s. I think it's going to be a good game. I do think Kentucky squeezes by Michigan State, though. Yeah, I think we talked about when we previewed State. Um, I, I like the cat. It's going to be so hard because, you know, we've talked about Michigan State under Tom Izzo rebounds the ball so well. Uh, Kentucky rebounds the ball extremely well under John Calabari. So whoever wins the glass, I think, ultimately wins that game and limits turnovers. Um, but I do like Kentucky squeaking by in that to open the year up by five, six points. Yeah, I say uh, three to three points. Three points. So then the Cats move on. They um, – you know, you don't want no disrespect to Eastern Kentucky, like we mentioned in the Louisville preview, but you come off Michigan State and you kind of get a couple easy games, easier uh, Eastern Kentucky at home. Then you get, excuse me, a couple days later, Evansville. Evansville will challenge me a little bit. Then you get the BBN Showcase, Utah Valley, which former Kentucky superstar, or not maybe not superstar, but star, Mark Pope that won a title back in 96 with them. Coaches at Utah Valley comes in, gets to come back to Rupp Arena. Nice little paycheck for a school, but Kentucky will roll them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mount St. Mary's comes in. I, and Lamar comes in. I will say, Kentucky early in the year always struggles with one of these teams for like a half. Yeah. So whether it's going to be Evansville, Utah Valley, Mount St. Mary's, Lamar, Eastern Kentucky, one of those schools, maybe even two of them, don't be surprised if like 10 minutes left to go in the game, it's only it, – maybe Kentucky's down two or three points because it always happens every year – where we struggle with a team like that for a half. 
who was it last year? Like UNC and Greensboro, UNC and Williamson that you guys struggled with? Greensboro had us had us down for a long time, but you got to remember how good Greensboro was too. Yeah, remember they had Francis Alonzo. Yes. That was different. But I'm talking about there's always one team that's we struggle with early like that, right? Yeah. Um, you, you know, you have a BBN showcase game against UAB, Fairleigh Dickinson. Then in December, you get some bigger games. We've mentioned the Georgia Tech game. It's part of a home-and-home, home, whatever. Whatever. Um, yeah. You get the return against Utah, but it's in Las Vegas. You stay in Las Vegas because three days later you play Ohio State. Ohio State's going to be good this year. Ohio State's going to challenge us. That's going to be a game we could potentially lose. Yes, definitely. Um, the wet, Caleb Weston's going to Caleb be a Weston. handful. But I do think we're, we're too deep. We've already mentioned the Louisville game. We previewed the hell out of that one. <laughs> I, I think, think I, I think Kentucky squeaks by in a close one. I think Louisville squeaks by in a right. close one. And then we've mentioned the Big 12 SEC challenge as far as non-conference goes. Kentucky at Texas Tech is going to be a handful. That's going to be a problem. Yeah. Um, I say you come off a loss against Louisville, and I'm sorry. I think Texas Tech. But that's not until January, though, so that's not back-to-back. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay. Uh, I do think Texas Tech squeaks by and gets y'all. Um, it's not going to be an easy game, though. I just think Texas Tech's defense. Both teams have defensive ability. They can both defend. I just think Texas Tech's going to win closely. So we move in the SEC. SEC, again, is going to be good this year. Uh, you talk about Alabama underrated. Auburn's going to be underrated again. Florida's going to be right there at the head of the class. Uh, Tennessee will be sneaky good. Uh, LSU is going to be sneaky good again. Lots of good talent. Georgia is going to be, you know, pretty good. Lots of good talent. I like Kentucky to bounce back when the SEC again. I like both regular season and postseason. Um, they're I like them rolling in as a one seed in the NCAA tournament. They have four losses, which would put them at thirty and four overall. Um, I think they do slip up at Texas Tech. I just think that's one of those games they slip up at. They lose three inside a conference play. They lose at Florida once. I'm trying to think who the other two would be. Tennessee at Tennessee, because for whatever reason, we have struggled inside uh, Thompson Bowling Arena lately. So that would be the third lot. And then who is else in the conference that I think we would lose to? Um, maybe Georgia? No, nah, uh, could, could. I, I'm, I'm trying to start. If we go to Starkville and Mississippi State, I see that one, for whatever reason, giving us fits. I'd have to, because the SEC, I don't think it's came out with the official schedule yet. I couldn't find it. I, no. So, let me see real quick if it's been. They have it. I've already checked. So, you already checked? Yes. So, we'll say three. At Tennessee, <laughs> at Florida, because I don't see us losing the home game this year. And we'll stay on the safe side if we play at LSU, at LSU. If not, at Mississippi State if we play there. One of those games on the road, we lose all three on the road. All four on the road, technically, because of Texas Tech. But 34, win the sweep the conference <clears throat> regular season, postseason. Number one seed, Cats win the title. I, I know Tom Rizzo, sue me. I do think we have the enough talent, enough this, that, and the other. Sue me. No, that's sue fair. Me. I ain't going to sue um, you. That's fair. I mean, you went Homer, but it's not because they're really. You're not gonna. You're not gonna be mad and be like, "That's unrealistic." If you say this year Kentucky or Louisville can win the title, yeah, both teams are top five good. 
So my analysts or preview of Kentucky, I say they go 29 and 5. I say they do come in as a one seed. I say they come second in the SEC. I think Florida wins the SEC. I just think with Kerry Blackshear is going to be tough. I do think Kentucky will win the SEC championship, though. Um, I say Kentucky comes tournament in. Tournament championship. Tournament championship, sorry. I say Kentucky comes in. They, lo- they beat Michigan State. They lose to Louisville. That's one of the losses. They lose to Tech. That's two. Lose to Florida, Tennessee, and – On the road or home in those? Uh, road. Yeah. Um, Thompson Bowling, just the last, like, five seasons since um, – since uh oh my god what's his name Rick Barnes have got there to Knoxville it's just been a place that's been snake bit for us yeah and fifth one I'm high on Anthony Edwards I'm gonna say you get upset about Georgia at home or on the road no all these games are on the road okay uh, I don't think y'all lose at home anyways besides the Louisville game um so yeah 29 and five you come in as one seed you come in final four and you get beat yeah which is fair um again. Yeah, you can – this year especially when it comes to Kentucky and Louisville, unless somebody just doesn't know, both these teams are Final Four, could win it all. Yes. Right? So, eh, whatever, sue me. I think they'll win it all. <laughs> there's I, I just, there's a that. talent there, though, and the schedule kind of set up. They're going to be battle tested. SEC is going to be right there for the best conference in the basketball this year. Yeah. They're going to be right there. Like, so many good teams that people don't even know about. Like, everybody's going to know Florida Kentucky. You might know Auburn now because they come off Final Four, but people aren't going to realize how good Alabama is going to be, Georgia's going to be, how underrated still Tennessee is going to be, LSU, even though with all the scandals, still got talent. Yep. Skyler Mays is coming back. You bring in Trendon Wofford. You bring um, at least teams are going to be good. Yeah, like people just don't understand that. No, they don't. So, but anyways, Kentucky, I think they win it all. Man, they've got the talent. They've got everything this year. More importantly, defensively, and I think they're going to be able to rebound the ball and shoot better than last year. Those three keys alone is why I think they're going to win it all. I say they come in as a Final Four, and I said this last week when we did an episode, but I see they get. I say they get beat by Kansas. I just think Kansas with Doak, D'Souza, front court problems, not going to be good for Kentucky. I think Kansas beats them. So. So we'll see. It's always fun. I tell you what else is fun, though. We're going to take one final pause for the cause. When we come back, we'll start to wrap things up. Peyton's got to do his recruiting. Hell yeah. We got some news to talk about. So, episode 35.5 of ECB rolls on after this. Hey guys, Peyton here from ECB. I'm here to tell you about my wrestling podcast that's called The J3X Show. That's only on YouTube. You'll see predictions, pay-per-view views, and live streams on there. So go ahead and like, share, and subscribe. Also, go follow the show on Twitter at J3X Show. Ooh, yeah, brother. Da-da-da. No, whatever. Screw all that. Hey, we're back. (laughs) Hey, Peyton, I got a question for you. What up, dog? Do you like cider? Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I got a question for you. Do you like beverages? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to um, the cider company that our boy Conrad Cushman always promotes. Shout out to the Falconator for loving that segment. (laughs) You know what else would be nice to get a sponsor on here? I have a feeling I know what you're going to say. 
a little bit of the bubbly. Well, that too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the same by Blue Chew. <laughs> oh, yeah, Blue Chew. Holler at us. Um, you know what, though? Blue Chew may get you hard, but I tell you what is some bullshit. Not that that's a good segue or nothing, but the news part of this. Now, we've talked in the past about the ongoing investigations and the Adidas and the Nike and all this other stuff. Duke comes out, I guess it's now yesterday. Duke officials said outside investigators spent five months looking into attorney Michael Avenatti's claims that Nike funneled money to players, including former Blue Devil star Zion Williamson, to steer them towards college basketball programs that sponsored and found no evidence supporting his allegations. Duke said, it found no proof that Williamson, the 2019 ACC Player of the Year, as a freshman and the number one pick by the New Orleans Pelicans in June's NBA draft, received improper benefits that would have made him ineligible to play for the Blue Devils last season. In other words, I have a bridge in Brooklyn I want to sell you. This is total Duke move. And I'm sorry, Duke people. But let's just be real. You have a history of getting away with stuff. Go back and search up Corey Maggette. Go back and search up all the scandals in the past of, you know, the rumors and the players and their family getting jobs and this. But let's be holier than thou as a fan base and talk shit to Kentucky or Louisville or whoever, right? You can't tell me. Of course Duke's going in their internal investigation say nothing was wrong. I don't know. I have no proof that Zion's been paid, right? But the fact is, Duke's like, oh, well, we did an investigation, so it's over with. I'm sure LSU did their investigation, too, on um, Will Wade. Will Wade, even <clears throat> though he's on wiretap. I'm sure Arizona did their investigation on Sean Miller. Come on. Like, the holier-than-thou attitude, like, oh, we do it the right way. We don't cheat. We Coach K and wins and scholarships and athletics and uh and duke's gpa and come on at least admit that it wouldn't surprise you if you paid zion williamson and i'll be happy with it but duke said oh well we did an internal investigation in five months of this that and the other and we conclude that no wrongdoing was had whatever this annoys the piss out of me because, obviously, Louisville fan, we got caught, or supposedly got caught, giving prostitutes away to get recruits in, and stuff like that, with the whole stripper gate and everything like that. They took a title away from us. Coach Patino got fired. It was ridiculous. We got the hand we put down on us. We got a national title taken away. Duke gets nothing wrong done to them. And I don't think it's more because Duke. I think it's more because Mike Krzyzewski being there. I think Mike Krzyzewski is the greatest coach of all time, especially college coaches. And people in the media and everything look at him as godlike, it seems like. They say he don't do anything wrong, nothing like that. And I think it's more on him than it is just Duke. I don't know if Zion got paid, nor do I care. All I know is this is BS. They put the hammer down on some teams who don't deserve it, and they don't do it to others like Duke, North Carolina, or, uh, I almost said Archie Miller. Um, Arizona, LSU, they pick and choose who they want to put the hammer to, and it's just stupid. I yeah. don't like it. Yeah, it, well, it's just, 
Of course. Like, and our, our, the Facebook group has been great about it. They're like, their emojis and the reactions, they're all the same thing we have because they're like, of course. Like, you know, you must be, what kind of crack are you smoking? And all this other stuff, right? I mean, it's, it's whatever, but it's newsworthy <laughs> because if Duke says it, it must be true. Right. Um, we mentioned this last week that on the episode that was lost, the new bracketology came out. Now, again, this is in September, so bracketology doesn't mean a damn thing. But it's fun to debate and look at, right? And the biggest point of debate, Lenardi, without anything happening, no recruits signing or committing, no games have been played. Nobody got injured. Nobody's injured. And even this team loses a player to transfer that we mentioned. Florida moves up to a one seed and replaces Kentucky. Florida just lost big man Isaiah Stokes announced he's transferred to Memphis. He'll have to set out a year, but somehow that makes it okay to switch Florida to a one seed and drop <laughs> Kentucky to a two, and nothing happened. Literally, nothing happened. Florida loses a player, loses a player, and they go up. What the hell? I don't understand the thought process on that. Maybe to stir up some controversy or not controversy. That's got to be oh oh uh, Uncle Joey over there has got to be. He must have done this late at night, feeling good one night or something. He's yeah. like, hey 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 boy, I got an idea. Look, let's stir some controversy up on the on the website. <laughs> what would I do? Oh, Kentucky's got a lot of crazy fans. Oh, hey, Florida's gonna be good. Hey, I got an idea. Hey, let, let's move Florida to one. You know what I think it is? I think he got a little bit too much of the bubbly. <laughs> <laughs> he had a little too much of the bubbly. <laughs> so in this newest bracketology, let's theoretically just pretend with us that this is an NCAA tournament. Florida is now a one seed. They join Michigan State, Kansas, and Duke. The one seed in the Midwest is Michigan State, which they have as the overall number one seed, which is, by the way, in Indianapolis this year. Yeah. The regional. That region would see a four-seed Arizona, a three-seed Baylor, seven-seed Marquette, two-seed North Kakalaki Tar Heels. That is not an easy region. <laughs> um, especially for Michigan State, North Carolina. The way Michigan State's kind of had teams' numbers over the years, North Carolina's had theirs. Yes, most, yeah. And you definitely wouldn't want to see them for a trip to the Final Four in the line. Hell no. Um, in the South which would be in Houston. Uh, Florida is the one. You have Oregon as the five, which Oregon to me is like a two seed, three at the least. Yeah, three seed at the least. Um, You have four seed Ohio State, six seed Seton Hall, 11 Washington, three seed Purdue, seven LSU, and two seed Louisville. If that was true (laughs) right now, that would be, oh my lord. That would not be easy. That would. At all. I would kind of like Louisville's road to hoe, though. Uh, if you're talking about getting to the Final Four, you'd yeah. have them play LSU probably. And then Sweet 16 would either be probably Purdue or Seton Hall. I mean, winnable, tough, but winnable. winnable. And then you'd either play <laughs> Florida, Oregon, more than likely. Tough, but also I think very winnable. Yeah. Down in the west, which is that regional would be in Los Angeles. Kansas is the one. You got the eight, nine as Michigan, Tennessee. Five as <laughs> Memphis. And he's got them moving down. Give me a break. We met, we previewed Memphis. Memphis is 
Dude, no way a five seed. Top ten good. What the hell are you smoking, brother? Bro, the four seed's Virginia. Ah, fuck them. You talk about six seed Utah State. If you don't know about Utah State, they're bringing back pretty much their whole starting five. Yeah. Utah State, we will preview them soon. They are going to probably be in our top 25 for sure. Yep. Maybe top 15. Utah State's a handful this year. Yes, sir. Um, Austin, that region three seed Gonzaga. Seven seed Florida State. And then your two seed that moved down to Kentucky. That was a brutal region if that was true. Kansas, Memphis, Virginia, Michigan, Tennessee, Utah State, Gonzaga, Florida State, Kentucky. But, like with Louisville, I do like Kentucky's chances of going to the Final Four, though. You get maybe Florida State. I think that's very winnable. Maybe Gonzaga, winnable. But the top top region's tough. Kansas either has to get through Michigan or Tennessee. Both teams will be decent. Memphis, and who else? Virginia, that's not an easy region at all. Then you move over to the East. Duke's the one seed in that. Um, and you know what? I had, I don't even have a problem with Florida being a one, but how in the hell is Duke a one over Kentucky if we're going to move Florida a one? Um, I see Duke more as a one than Florida. Yeah, well, me too. But anyways, they would be the one seed, which is played in New York. Um, and that 8-9 would be Auburn, Georgia, Georgetown. Sorry, uh, Texas Tech is a four. North Carolina State's in there as a six. State's going to be good. Maryland's gonna be at three. Maryland is – Maryland's going to be real good this year. Yep. Um, Houston, a seven. Can't sleep on them. And two, Villanova. We previewed that. That could be – if we were looking down the line, Villanova, Duke, <laughs> Elite Eight. Ooh, Villanova spread them out. Yes. That could be very interesting. Um, as of right now, you have eight Big Ten schools, seven from the SEC in the Big East, seven. <laughs> Damn. A rise in the Big East. Look at that, son. Oh, hell yeah. Let me see the teams. Uh, Looking down the Midwest. Providence would be an 11. Marquette's a 7. Trying to go down and look. Um, Seton Hall. Xavier. 3, 4. Oh, yeah, you said Seton Hall, didn't you? Yeah. That's a 4. Georgetown's 5. Um, I've seen Villanova, Villanova six. six. Who's the seventh team? Who are we missing? Seventh. Uh, did we we said Marquette, right? Yeah, yeah, we said Marquette. Creighton, guys, it's big, late at night. We're it's, whoa, it's Clayton, oh, Creighton, Creighton. I was gonna say Creighton, Big East. Yep, yep, yep. So that's seven. Hey, six I from like the Big it. Twelve. Six from the ACC. Only six. That's kind of four from the Pac twelve on the rebound. Three from the American Conference. Yeah. Um, Three from the American Conference. Um, two from the West Coast and two from the A-10. Yeah. Which the A-10 used to be, they could get three, four, five teams sometimes. Now they're down to a two-bid league. And everybody else obviously would be just a one-bid league. Very surprising. And, of course, this is this doesn't matter. It's just fun this, for talk in the uh, you know, off season. But on the surface, seven from <laughs> the Big East. Only six from the ACC, four from the Pac-12. Yeah. Very surprising. He has the last four in would be Iowa State, Providence, Arizona State, Cincinnati. Last four, or first four out, Colorado, Alabama, Dayton, Kansas State. Um, I have Alabama in. I think Alabama is going to be underrated this year. I've mentioned that plenty of times. Yep. But I tell you what's not underrated, Peyton. 
What up? Mr. Recruiting, take the floor. It's time. It's time. It's time for Mr. Recruiting to give you guys all your recruiting needs from this past week. Starting off hot, final six schools has been announced for four-star senior DJ Gordon. The schools are Pittsburgh, VCU, Minnesota, Providence, Iowa, and Penn State. Next up, oh wait, he says he has an official visit to Penn State on September 14th and Minnesota visit first week of October, and more to, to be determined. Next up, Texas Tech and Oregon have both confirmed to watch five-star guard Namari Burnett next week when the live period opens. He's a popular player right now. Yeah. Um, Auburn and Oregon have both confirmed to see five-star and top-five senior Jalen Green next week when, obviously, the live period opens as well. Uh, four-star senior Lance Ware has begun his official visit to Michigan starting le- oh, yesterday. So he's on his official visit for Michigan. I still think he's going to Kentucky. Just how I feel about that. I, I'm agreeing. Uh, five-star guard Earl Timberlake has scheduled an official visit to Miami for September 13th through the 15th. Uh, he visits UNC in October as well. <clears throat> The top seven has been announced for five-star guard Zion Harmon. Louisville, Kentucky, Murray State, Kansas, LSU, Western Kentucky, and Seton Hall are all on his list. And he most recently visited Louisville where he landed an offer. I think he's going to stay in state and go to Kentucky. You think? We've talked about Oh, not Kentucky. I mean Louisville. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, we've talked about this. He's a good player. Definitely got to improve that jump shot. Yes. Um, right there in the state of Kentucky, five-star kid. At one point growing up, like, meaning in middle school and stuff, he was the number one player in that class. People kind of passed him by, but he's still top 25. <laughs> a five-star kid. I think you're right. I think he does go to Louisville. But we'll see. That's a big list, though. Yeah. He's quick. He's athletic. He's five I just nine. think I just think there's too many – people that Kentucky's targeting at that same spot that he would be like the second tier. If you get him, great, but he's not your first option. No, not at all. Um, Auburn will host top 35 senior Jamin Blakeford for an official visit. Um, actually, he's on his official visit right now, my bad. Uh, he also has visits to Louisville, which is on the 27th, which is Louisville Live, by the way, and Michigan, which is to be determined this month. Um, I really hope because there's been rumors, or not rumors swirling around, there's been some talk about how he might skip college and go pro. Either go overseas or whatever the case is, but go pro. I really hope he doesn't do that. I really hope he goes to Louisville. I think he will. I'm just praying he doesn't go the overseas route. Um, Baylor is hosting top 60 senior Zach Loveday for an official visit. Actually, he's on the official visit right now. Uh, his second visit there with one coming early this summer. NC State has hosted five-star junior Cam Hayes for an official visit that started this morning. Um, also says he might opt into the 2020 class as well. 2021 four-star Trey Kaufman will begin an official visit to Purdue. He's the kid from Silver Creek right here in the state of Indiana. Good player. I just don't see him going anywhere besides Indiana, like IU, especially with the recruits they've already pulled in for that class. And uh, before, I just – if he goes anywhere besides Bloomington, Indiana, then I'll be shocked. Yep. Is that what you're feeling, or do you think he – I think he's in the running. I think Purdue's in the running. 
I really do. But do you, uh, what, what's your crystal ball right now? Do you think it's got to be like 90% Indiana? 75-25. Really? Indiana. You think Purdue's in it that much? Yeah. Ooh. 75-21. We'll see. Hey, I haven't been wrong yet. 75-21. 25. I said uh, 25. Well, you said 21. Yeah, you, whatever. Hey, this is audio. We can go back and make sure we hear you. Yeah, well, <laughs> cut it out like you did the cook who gave his address away. Um, Where am I at? Five-star card, DJ Stewart has began or begins his official visit to Texas. Uh, he joins other five-star Greg Bound on his visit. Texas football plays LSU this weekend. Go Tigers. Uh, Oklahoma State is hosted top or hosted top 50 senior JT Thor for an official Who visit. Yes. Just... Go ahead. Hold up. Don't be a cook on me. All right, go on. Georgia, Oklahoma State, Kansas, UCLA, and Kentucky make up the finalists for top 50 senior JT Thor. He just visited Oklahoma State, obviously. Has visited Kansas as well. I think he's going to Kansas. But he just released his top five tonight, like yesterday now. And Kansas is on there. Yeah, but he cut out Georgia, didn't he? No. Georgia, Oklahoma State, Kansas, UCLA, and Kentucky. Okay, so that is tough. You're right. right. Um, Man, Oklahoma State, because he's on the same visit as... Kate Cunningham. Kate Hunt, Yeah. It just and everybody thinks Cade's going to Oklahoma State. One hundred percent. It just wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't go ahead and pop the commitment this weekend. I still say he goes to Kansas. Um, He's a good player. I'd love to see him at the Cats. Oh, he can stretch it out. He's lefty, we've seen him in person. Lefty, I'd love to see him athletic. Um, yeah, I'd love to see him in blue and white. But anyways, that's the end of the Cooners. Lots of and <clears> you <throat> mentioned it too. With that, we talked about Oklahoma State, but a lot of this weekend and coming up were. Two, three, four prospects are in on campus at the same time. Craig Cunningham, JT Thor, and Lance Ware is all in at um, – or not Lance Ware. Um, who was the other one? All at Oklahoma State this weekend. Lance Ware, Namari Burnett, and um, <coughs> the one kid's all at Michigan this weekend. Yeah, and DJ Stewart and Greg Oh, Brown. Hunter Dickinson. Hunter Dickinson. DJ, all at- DJ Stewart and Greg Brown's on an official visit for Texas. So you're starting to see like these prospects take their visits at the same time. Which a lot happens in college football. <laughs> you don't really see it a lot in college basketball, which is interesting. No, it could be, which is smart in a way too, because you get them all there on campus together, let them see the stuff together, and they converse and talk. Yeah, let them communicate with each other. Yeah, it could be a big weekend for if you're Oklahoma State, Michigan. I don't see, like you said, Lance Ware. I think's going to Kentucky. But if they could pop a random commitment from Namari Burnett and Hunter Dickinson, keep in mind Hunter Dickinson's a seven foot uh, center out of what he plays for Oak Hill, I think. Uh, he's from that Virginia area. Plays for Boo Williams AAU. Yeah, I don't We've know. T- what, but but if yeah. you can pop two of the three, that's a huge weekend. Oh yeah, I do say coming out of this week we'll get at least a couple of commitments. I think Lance Ware would commit to Kentucky, and I think Cade Cunningham was definitely committed to uh, Oklahoma State. For sure. Um, and that's why I think it's interesting, because if he commits, knowing he's committing, and he's on campus with JT Thor, like he could sway JT while they're there together. <clears throat> yeah. that could be It could be a huge weekend for Oklahoma State to shift the balance of power inside the Big 12 a little bit. Because be these, these players are no joke. It's not – I mean, Cade Cunningham is – Really, really good. He's top. He's like the number one point guard. And then you're talking about JT Thor, a guy who's got NBA potential. Yeah, I mean, it could be big. It'd be a big weekend for Cowboys fans. Hey, Oklahoma it State. Could. It, it could be a good weekend for Cowboys fans. 
not the NFL team because they suck always. <laughs> Just saying. Um, it could be a good week for Oklahoma State fans, or it could be a nightmare for Cook. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much Oklahoma State can beat them? Oh, yeah. They they're always a thorn they, in their side. Yeah, they always seem to beat them at least once. Yeah, they're right there. I mean, they're the, first, the only team a couple years ago that swept <laughs> Kansas yeah. since Bill Self's been there. Yeah. Um, who interesting. Starting to wrap things up, though. Like I said, we'll need to be getting up here in a couple hours. Anyways, head over to Eastern Ohio or Western Ohio. Yes, yeah, Western sir. Ohio. Um, little small town, but for the World 100. But start to wrap things up. Obviously, our Packers started the series off last night with a, a big, yeah. big win against the Chicago Bears, our hated rival. Lockdown. Our defense looked nasty. Lockdown, baby. Even though the offense didn't get rolling, defense was solid. Hell yeah, they were. Johnny Alexander, my dude, he had a good game. Yeah, Adrian Amos was nice, too. Amos is going to get that pick. Drafting Darnell Savage, a safety for Maryland. Ooh, just roaming back. He damn near had two interceptions. Yeah. Great defensive battle. Bears didn't get shit done. They had like eight punts, a turnover. That's a good game. And we me. neutralized Khalil Mack. Yeah, true. Bakateri, uh, Bakateri, he did a good job on Mack, keeping him neutralized from getting to Rodgers. I thought early on, Rodgers took a couple sacks back-to-back, and I'm like, ah, shit, it's going to be a long game. But then he saw he settled in, and offensive line started doing a good job protecting him, and he started dicing him up. Through that nice, like, 50-some yard bomb, bomb to Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham, yeah. Um, and the way he sold the fake. He had everybody going to the left, and he throws back across his body. I mean, just ungodly arm talent from yes. Aaron Rodgers. So the Packers open up. NFL's opening week here. So good stuff from Green Bay. Um, real quick, we got some big college football games. Now that's today, <laughs> Saturday. Big college football games. Uh, not necessarily big. But, you know, the Cats play Eastern Michigan. I imagine them get another win. Not going to be easy again like it wasn't against Toledo, but Cats win. Defense looks better. Offense is starting to roll. Uh, Cats 41, Eastern Michigan 20. You got a prediction on that one? Uh, I say Cats win by 14. Again? Yeah. Okay. Um, the Cardinals we'll, we'll trying win. to bounce back. They had a good performance against Notre Dame, all things considered. First half, we played really well. We was up 14-7, and then they went up 21-14 at halftime. Second half, we played like shit, though. But uh, it's still the talent wise, The talent-wise obviously hurt us. Uh, Notre Dame had better talent than we did. But all around, I was very impressed. Um, they bounced back this week against Eastern Kentucky. I say we'll win that game about 31-17. I'm going to say it's a blowout. I say they win like 55-3. to I hope so. Um, Some big games throughout the week real quick, though. I mean, a huge one you alluded to, LSU-Texas, a top-10 matchup. Tigers go on the road to Austin, Texas. Texas real good. Texas real good. I Man, give me the SEC homer, though. I like LSU's defense to lock down when it needs to. I think it's going to be a little bit more high scoring than people think because um, LSU can put some points on the board. Give me mm-hmm. LSU 28. Give uh, 28 to 23. LSU wins on the road. I say LSU comes out and makes a statement. Joe Burrow has a hell of a game. I see LSU neutralizing the Big 12's offense of Texas 31 to 7. I think it's not going to be a game. I'm just saying. Will the Will DBU? We're not like Florida, Florida's fakers, Texas fakers. We the Will DBU, go Tigers, 31-7. Interesting. And then uh, one of the other big games, number one team in the nation, Clemson hosting SEC foe, Texas A&M. 
I think A&M's got every tool in the world to keep it close. I really think if you think Clemson's going to roll them up, I think you're in for a rude awakening. But at the end of the day, Clemson's the best team in America for a reason. Clemson finds a way to win in a high-scoring game. 44-38. I think they squeak by, but that's what champions do. Upset alert. F it. Why not? I said LSU's the number one Tigers. We are. Just saying. We the Will Death Valley. Clemson gets beat by a game-winning field goal by Texas A&M 31-28. Call it right now. Ooh. Kellen Mond, if that happens, he's going to have to throw for about 300 and run for 100. I don't care. I think he can do it. Why not? Nice. Um, predictions. World 100. Who went, Who takes home the Globe Trophy? The greatest of all time. The number zero. In the black and blue. Scott Bloomquist. Black Sunshine. Voodoo Child. Whatever you call him. Greatest of all time. Scott Bloomquist gets another one. In my heart, I want to say him or Donnie O'Neill. Those are my two favorites of all time. But realistically, I'm looking at I'm looking at two people. Jonathan Davenport to get his third globe or Dale McDowell. He's not been good preliminaries, but on Saturday in the feature, as long as he makes it, he always finds a way in the Hunter Lapper to make it make his way up there. So either Jonathan Davenport or Dale McDowell, and I'm gonna just play it safe <clears throat> and I'm gonna say Davenport wins his third globe. I'll say this, since you're giving out multiple options, I say Bloomquist number one, and this dude who's a legend who can compete for the greatest of all time, who just won a race Thursday, Billy Moore. Yeah. It says he's his last one 100. I've heard that multiple times before. I'll believe it when I see it next year if he's there or not. I think he can win this, and my mom would be happy. Yeah. So there you have it. Um, hopefully, we've done checks, so hopefully when we go to – Publish this thing. You guys hear it in full glory. Episode number 35.5. Um, yeah, man. Kentucky, Louisville, though, the the chunk of it, both both the major teams from the state of Kentucky, national championship good in the long run. Uh-huh. So, there you have it. Time to get this, this thing published and get a little sleep before we're on the road. Get a little sleepy, Ho- Hopefully, you guys have enjoyed this. Again, Shout out to all of our friends and sponsors. Don't forget tonight, Emerge Wrestling. Um, they have a show in case you want something to go do. Ten buck tickets. Uh, Parkside Elementary School here in Columbus, Indiana. Yes, sir. Emerge Wrestling. Obviously, Applied Rate Painting and Restoration. Shout out to our friend Wayne Emerton, who you hear in the opening every week. Tremendous job, Ghost Flows. Um, part of the Real Life Music Crew, Circle of Boston, Chapter of Indiana. Just brought his podcast back, Speakeasy. Yes, sir. Um, we'll start publishing that. Shout out to our friend Ashley Myers. Mm-hmm. She just launched her website. Remember Ashley's Fitness. Um, Noel Crafts Creations on Facebook. Um, production company we'll hopefully start teaming back up again with. Uh, Premier Giant. Um, anybody else? Uh, J3X Show. Tyler's Tease. Yes, sir. Anything else? Um, no, go buy our merch, support our merch, Hell support yeah, us. Do that, yes. Links down in the description of this show. Yes, sir. slash user slash everything college basketball. Actually, slash ECB podcast. So, so, sorry, ECB podcast. Um, other than that, hey, enjoy <laughs> the college football weekend. Um, lots of good games. We're just literally, Kentucky posted it two months away yesterday from the start of tip-off between Kentucky and Michigan State. So now we're less than two months away from the start of college basketball. Oh, it, that's 
if it can't come soon enough. We are Everything College Basketball. This is episode 35.5, the a little bit of bubbly edition. <laughs> the bluegrass little bit of bubbly edition. <laughs> I'm Josh Burton. J3X. And for Logan Stenberg, we will catch you next week with episode number 36 of E-C. Be live. Catch you then. Boom! Boom.